During the course of almost every mom and dad's 18-year parenting journey, you will encounter conflict with your children, guaranteed. But what happens when the conflicts become routine and magnify into combat in the teen years? How should parents proceed when you can no longer restrain your teenage wrecking ball from wrecking your home and the loved ones inside it? You know, there are options if you've run out of ideas for keeping your home a sanctuary of sanity and safety. And today we'll talk through those options with a professional who helps families for a living. Next, Unlicensed to Parent. Hi, I'm glad you've joined us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host, Trace Embry, is the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill and also the author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill. And I'm Michelle Hill. Our goal on Licensed to Parent is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherd's Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. You know, Trace, you help families for a living also. So my question is, why wouldn't we just interview you on this subject? Well, uh, we could do that. And though I don't think there's a better option for parents seeking residential help for their troubled teens than Shepherd's Hill Academy, I, I think there's definite value in, in talking with someone who sees this topic from a little different perspective than I would bring, uh, mm. because there's way more to dealing with a troubled teen than merely finding the best place to admit him or her. By the way, mm. long-term residential care is an option that a, a lot of families still don't realize even exists. So mm. we're going to shed some light on a few things that, that parents can do when it all goes south in the home. I think the subject of today's program is just so far removed from what most parents could ever dream possible for their kids, um, or the whole family for that matter. Yet we all have to be open to the fact that any number of circumstances can develop in life that can bring the best of us to a place of having to do what we never could have ever dreamed would be part of our story and forces us to make decisions we never thought we would have to make. I mean, Beth and I, my wife Beth and I certainly never thought we'd ever be forced to de decide whether life support would be needed or, or terminated for our son. I never dreamed that a triple bypass would ever be in the cards for me. I was always the picture of health. Mm -hmm. But I was forced to delve into something that I knew nothing about. And today, I have zero regrets. Not to have allowed a surgeon to saw through my breastbone and set my heart on my chest for a few hours while he rerouted my pipes would have meant that someone else would be sitting in my chair right now, or maybe there'd be no chair to sit in. So there's a lot to discuss today because there's a lot of misconceptions, a lot of myths, and just flat-out lies to be sorted out with today's topic. Well, and we are going to sort those out with our guest today, Holly Hunter. She's not the actress, but the Holly Hunter that we're talking to, she has been transporting troubled teens to therapeutic schools and programs across the country through Safe Passage, which Holly founded. And here's a little background on Holly. She's been a private investigator for more than 20 years. She holds certifications in crisis manager intervention. She's been in Christian life coaching, Holly's certified mental health coach, first responder, and that's just the beginning of the list. Holly's good at what she does, and she cares deeply about people. And when Holly has some downtime, well, you can find her singing or taking photos or even writing books. 
Well, Holly, welcome to the Licensed to Parent broadcast. This is a long overdue deal. Thank you, Trace. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Well, I want to get to the meat and potatoes of what it is that you actually do for a living. But before I do, I have a few questions for you. Sure. And the first one is, how many parents out of 100 have any idea that long-term treatment programs like Shepherd's Hill Academy actually exist? I think it's got to be less than 10. Less than 10%. I, I think that there are, yeah, I think that there are just not enough opportunity for parents to feel secure in reaching outside of the boundaries of their home to mm-hmm. get the help they need to keep their family on a good level mm-hmm. relationship. Why do you say mm-hmm. that they don't feel secure? What is the feelings behind that for a parent? The parents that we talk to, and, and let me back up for just a moment, we get calls every day from parents who are just in a quandary about how to manage expectations at home with teenagers. And mm-hmm. with that, most families that we talk to at least have some boundaries that they've set, but they, they are not being held to, either from their perspective or teenagers' perspective. So with that in place, they're looking for answers and solutions because what was once a common, peaceful place, a sanctuary, if you will, is no longer that at all. It's upside down. It's troubled. Their family is troubled, and the family members are being affected by the chaos that is ensuing, and they need answers. They need solutions because they want the peace back. Mm-hmm. Hey, Holly, uh- how do they even know to call you? I mean, a, a transport service for <laughs> for counsel. Where's that in the in the Google well, search? I guess. I mean, when they call in, a lot of times parents know that they've got to find a solution, but they also know their child is never going to go with them. So, although the phone call to us, Safe Passage Global, as a transport service, might be preempted because they aren't ready for our service. That doesn't mean we won't help them sort through the other things they're going through. We don't do placement. We're not qualified for doing placement, but we certainly can help a parent in a direction that they and point them to those professionals who can help them with assessment and placement. And then they can circle back to us for transport. And what does that help look like, Holly? Conversation. Um, Going through the family dynamics, figuring out where the problems might be. And that's part of the coaching model that we have here in the office uh, in that um, being a life coach, I work with families on the side as well to help them in their family situations move through crises and keep their kids in the home rather than going to residential treatment. But that doesn't always work. And again, just because we might be working together in the home, doesn't mean that they wouldn't be needing other components later, but just to move through. Some parents want to pull the trigger real quick and others want to exhaust every resource they have before they go to residential treatment with their child. Right. So you don't run a therapeutic residential program, but you've worked with and or visited a whole lot of them, maybe most of them in America. I'm not really sure. If, if you were to describe exactly what residential care is to a, to a parent who knows nothing about it, in a, just a brief elevator speech, what would you tell them? What I would say is that residential care for teenagers 
is a place where a child can go to continue their education and include a therapeutic component. You're going to live there, learn there, get therapy there all together, and hopefully parents will, you know, the family unit will come back together as a result of this. But okay. not all not all residential care has the family component as well. So it depends on where your priorities are, but I think that's probably the elevator speech there. Mm -hmm. All right, very Mm -hmm. good. I'm going to circle back to that maybe a little bit later. But So you got a mom and dad who who admit uh, that they've been, you know, about 16 years and 200 pounds too late in getting a handle on their darling little Throckmorton. What now? I mean, there are holes in the walls. Uh, doctors, therapists, and enough medications to put down a mule haven't worked. Friends and extended family want nothing to do with this family, certainly not junior. Uh, Their pastor's at a loss, and things are taking a toll on the rest of the kids as well as their marriage. And to add insult to injury, the police and junior's public school want to hold these parents liable for all the carnage and cost this kid's, you know, tallied up there. Uh, With a therapeutic boarding school off the table— not even an option in the eyes of these parents. What do you say to the parents when they've exhausted all other options, yet still can't bring themselves to explore residential care, even though they've had no trouble covering the cost of tuition? The first thing I tell them is that you need to remember why you married your partner, why you fell in love with the person that you're married to, and protect that at all costs. You loved your, your spouse first before you loved your child. Part of the problems that we see in the families that we work with is that, and not to pick on moms over dads, but typically moms forget how much they love their spouse when the children come along because they carried the babies, the bio babies, right? Mm -hmm. They carried them in their womb for nine months or more and then birthed these children and have nurtured them day in and day out for all this time and how in the world could that have come in between the relationship of the spouses? But it does. It can, doesn't always, but that's where I tell them to go first. Renew your acquaintance with the person you're married with, work on your marriage and don't point the finger. It's not anybody's fault that this has come to this. It's just where you are. That is such good counsel and it's congruent Mm -hmm. with what uh, we understand about uh, the the whole culture of parenting today has become child-centric as opposed to, you know, first and foremost, mom and dad-centric. And our friend John Roseman would totally be on board with what you just said there. I think there's so much truth in that. Uh, so these, these same parents now have an aha moment, and they now agree that residential uh, care is probably their only hope of junior ever seeing adulthood outside of a jail cell. What do you say to these parents when they tell you, but we'll never be able to get him there? And this is where I'd like you to share what it is that you specialize in for a living. I realize we're coming up on a break, so if you can whet our appetite, we'll come back from the break and we'll go in uh, a lot deeper as to what you do for a living. Absolutely. That's when I introduce the subject of transport, that there are professional companies out there who can safely get your child from point A to point B so that they can begin the process of family healing. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent is Holly Hunter with Safe Passage Global. We're talking about getting help for teens and their parents. If you want to learn more about Safe Passage Global, go to safepassageglobal.com. We'll be back with more Licensed to Parent right after this. 
Hi folks, Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago. Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to His word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Your children are teens now. They're growing up and gaining independence. That's kind of the point of parenting, isn't it? You're raising future responsible adults, but they're not responsible adults yet. They may be able to do things on their own, but you still want to be able to contact them and you want to equip them for success. So you decide to get them a smartphone. But why a smartphone? For most people, that means 24-7 access to everything on the planet. And that's not wise, nor is it healthy. Digital addiction is prevalent these days. In fact, we see teens of all ages dealing with mental health and behavioral issues rooted in overuse of technology. Issues that affect health, wellness, ability to focus, performance in academics, and more. That's why at Licensed to Parent, we want you to choose a wise phone alternative instead of a smartphone. More information is available at LicensedToParent.org slash wisephone. In today's digital age, there's more access than ever to digital devices. With technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job, and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit helpmytroubledteen.org, click on Resources, and look for the article, What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherd's Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life. Discover a variety of ebooks, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. Help by troubledteen.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Shepherd's Hill is a nature-based therapy program for teens in crisis. Our guest is Holly Hunter, and she helps parents by getting hurting and angry teens to a place of healing. And just before the break, Holly, you were talking about Safe Passage Global. And I'm just curious, why did you start Safe Passage Global? Well, it's interesting that you asked the question because... I fell into this truly uh, by divine intervention. I had a phone call from a friend one day who said, what are you doing tomorrow? And I said, nothing. I can't move around. What do you need? And he told me what was going on. And I worked for him for 10 years before I had the opportunity 
to buy what was Safe Passage Adolescent Services and then move into Safe Passage Global after a few years in that transitionary period. So it was something that was just dear to my heart, and I just feel like this is my calling. So that's how I got into it and why I do it, because it's a way I can help parents get their kids to treatment, again, so that families can find that road to healing. So why was it so dear to your heart? I feel like the family unit is being destroyed through influences Mm -hmm. that go against our basic Judeo-Christian worldview. And because Mm -hmm. of that, I feel like that helping families getting their kids to a place of peace so the family can be reunited in that place of peace as it is ordained, divinely ordained. That is what it is about for me. Now, how many other organizations are like what you've set up with Safe Passage Global? Well, that's a good question. Um, I don't think that there is a head count, so to say. And the reason for that is because so many of them operate on the side, so to say. Um, It's not like we have a great stellar reputation and we're on the cover of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution every day doing one great, wonderful things. What we do is considered not so great. Um, There is a great uh, faction of the mental health community that wants to shut us down because they think that every child should have the opportunity to voice their own opinion as to whether or not they want to have involuntary treatment all taken away and only kids be able to say, yes, I'll go if that's what should happen. Um, Which is because of that. Yeah, I know it's not right. But because we work in the world of involuntary treatment, that is why we're unpopular. That is why parents, I think, have trouble reaching out sometimes because they're worried about judgment from friends, Mm -hmm. family, and other people that if they do resort to having strangers come into their home and meet with their family and then take their child to treatment, how will their peers then judge them for their choices? It is a huge weighted decision. Well, since you brought it up, let's let's just go there. (laughs) Kids, they don't have to agree to go with you, correct? That's not exactly true. Okay. The components are what do the parents want, what are the parents' rights, and what is the law in each state. So you have to factor all those things together. Depending upon the state, what is the age of majority, does the child legally have the opportunity under the law to choose residential treatment or not? That's the component that's a little bit of the factor. And I say it that way because there's only a few states that allow a child of 13 or 14 to make that choice. And beyond that, right, and beyond that, other states say you've got to be 18 to choose not to go to residential treatment. So there's ways around it. What are the laws? What do they say? I'm not an attorney, but we have to know the law as it applies to our scope of work. 
And what I can tell you is we're kind of, if it makes sense to say, governed under the babysitting laws in that Mm -hmm. it's not like we have to have a transfer of custody in order to transport a child. But what we do have to have is a parent or the guardian, the legal guardian's permission Mm -hmm. to do so. Yeah, but back to my original question, uh, let's go to the 13-year-old or Mm 14-year-old. They don't have to agree to go uh, as long as the parents are in the right state, which is most of them. Yes. Uh, Mm -hmm. If the parent gives you the green flag to do what you might want to call babysitting, which we know it's a whole lot more than that, um, you don't need junior's approval to do so, correct? Correct. Correct. Okay. So why do so many people think that a a dependent teen should never be forced to do anything that violates his own volition? Because uh, I think the public school system is one example of forcing a dependent teen to do something he doesn't want to do. Well, absolutely. I mean, when my daughter went to high school, she transitioned from middle school to high school to go from a comfortable environment to something that was very different. Picked her up. She was overwhelmed. I said, yeah, this is great, but you're going to have to go back. You're going to have to do Mm -hmm. this. I helped her make the right choice. That's what we do through Mm -hmm. the intervention-based model for transport that I designed We help these kids make the choice to go. So, Holly, help me understand here. Let's say a parent has talked to you, you, you and they've decided where their child needs to go. They need to go to a residential facility or somewhere. What does that look like when you or your teen get to, like, do you go to the place of residence, to their home, and pick up their child? Or how, how does that turn out? It depends. Um, you know, if that we try to set things up for success on the front end. So there's a lot of planning, a lot of discussion with different people that are going to be involved. And then we go to where the child is. If they're at home, that's where we go. If they're at um, a hospital or other environment, that's where we go. But we do it the same each place. Whether we have that conversation, we don't leave anything to chance. We don't make grandiose assumptions that they're just going to understand what's going on. They don't. These are kids who the frontal lobe has not even closed. By scientific definition, they cannot make a cognitive decision on their own. Therefore, how can we possibly just believe they're going to trust and do and go? No. We take time with them to help them. We're transparent. We make sure they know where they're going, who's made the decision for them to go, why that decision was made, and the mode of transportation that we're going to use throughout the day. What we do is not babysitting, just like what you said, Trace. It's not babysitting. It's protective service. And that's why I structured it through my private detective agency so that we have the components for education with my teams and training that all play into that and keeping this child safe while they're en route. Yeah. Okay, so so Holly, why in the world would someone who is trying to do something that actually helps parents, helps society, helps the kids themselves, why would an entity like 
safe passage global ever get a bad reputation? What, what are some of the things that could possibly well, happen think, that would... I, I think we're lumped into um, this idea of gooning. Um, it's a term that a lot of the kids who'd been transported and perhaps not treated very well came up with. And when they're in treatment, whether it's short-term or long-term treatment, kids talk, they share war stories, and kids who have not been treated well, then the stories become personified and the terms, the gooning term, like the goons came for me or be careful, goons are coming for you. I see it because the behaviors that happened to me and it's going to happen to you, you know, when they go back home. So these ideas of strangers who don't perhaps act appropriately, it comes about. That's what we're fighting. There are a lot of companies out there who don't have insurance, who don't do training, who don't have written SOPs or a code of ethics that they require their people to adhere to. And for that, we as a company want them gone. Well, a smartphone in the hand of every 13-year-old isn't helping that situation either because they can... I agree. They can spew any kind of uh, you know crazy stuff uh, all the way all the way around the world. And speaking uh, around the world, you mentioned that uh, Safe Passage Global. I, I'm actually new to that that term uh, in, in relationship to your organization. Uh, how many countries have you uh, transported kids uh, from or to? Typically, well. I don't know the number off the top of my head. I would say at least five or six, um, but we've gone globally through, you know, prior to the pandemic, and then once countries started opening back up, uh, we were back out there again, depending upon the restrictions within each country. But typically, we're bringing students to the United States for treatment. Typically, we don't take people outside of the country because the best treatment centers are here. And with your comment about smartphones, there's no electronics that the kids have access to when they're with Safe Passage Global. Electronics are left behind, no phones, no tablets, computers, anything like that. If we're on a plane and there's an opportunity for a movie, we get an age-appropriate movie for a child or music that is appropriate, uh, but no access to electronic devices. Well, listen, we are about out of time, and we've asked you uh, during our last break if you would pick this up for another program because I think it's, it's a fascinating conversation that a lot of parents um, uh, wouldn't think to really uh, discuss. And uh, so you've agreed to come back, and uh, I'm honored that you will. Thank you. I appreciate you having me and look forward to being with you guys again. Thank you, Holly. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been Holly Hunter with Safe Passage Global. You can connect with Holly and her team at safepassageglobal.com. Thanks for listening to Licensed to Parent. Licensed to Parent is an extension of Shepherds Hill Academy, our year-long Christ-centered wilderness-based residential program for troubled teens. And we are here to help you find free and helpful parenting articles and resources. Just click resources at licensedparent.org. And while you're at licensedparent.org, sign up for Trace Embry's free ebook, America's Youth Culture Manifesto. 
That's Trace Embry's free ebook, America's Youth Culture Manifesto. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Daniel Fazina helps with guest relations. Our producer is Rich Rosel. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parents. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.